Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Today on Watching Your Wealth, sorry stock pickers, you're bound to underperform. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Jason Zweig is a best-selling author and the Wall Street Journal's intelligent investor columnist. Welcome back, Jason. Good to be here, Veronica. Good to have you. So, Jason, your recent column explained how history shows stock pickers underperform market averages, but that's not what active managers will tell us, is it? Well, no. I mean... The active fund industry, which of course is huge, um, has not been looking very good lately and has been telling the investment public that that's unusual, that historically they have done much better and also in past down markets, they've done much better than market averages. Unfortunately, when you look at the history instead of just, I guess, the talking Same. points. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> the what you find is is a little bit different. The, you know, there, fund managers like to act as if there was once some like golden era when stock picking was easy and all the fund managers were above average and you know all of that. But it's very hard to find evidence for that when you look at the actual historical record. So on balance, that's not true. They're not. No. I mean, there have been periods when active managers, stock pickers did do better than average, but they were brief and they were periods in which small stocks did better than large. Like if you look at the late 70s and early 1980s, you see that. There's a couple other brief periods, but otherwise, um, it's always been pretty much a flip of a coin. And in down markets in particular, there's very little evidence that an active manager can protect you any better than you would get if you flipped a coin. Wait. So that's a, a – it's a pricey flip of a coin potentially. Yeah, it is. I mean you're paying – you know, on average, something roughly like 1% a year in management fees. And then obviously there are hidden or implicit costs as the fund trades its holdings. So, you know, you're paying between 1% and 2% a year in visible and invisible costs to attempt to outperform the market. And that's the odds are not too strongly in their favor. So what place do actively managed funds have in your portfolio, if at all? Well, I think you have to start with realism. I mean, if you if you think that your actively managed fund is there to protect you if the stock market goes down, you very well could be disappointed. And one easy way to get a handle on that is to look how it did in 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there were not that many funds around that did well then. The ones that did tended to hold a lot of cash, which, of course, you could do yourself, um, not just for free, but you could get paid to do it. What kind of emails, 
hate mails do you get from active managers when you write things like this? <laughs> Just, I have to ask. <laughs> um, I get a fair number. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of used to it after all this time. Uh, you know, it's um, look. We're not saying that that active management will disappear or that stock picking will go out of business. It won't. It's never going to disappear because. People don't like settling for average. They want to try to do better. Uh, the The problem that that presents is if you try to do better but you end up doing worse, then you're not hurting anybody except yourself. And um, settling for average sounds like a sort of recipe for disappointment or boredom. But in fact, if you settle for average, you'll probably do better than most people attempting to beat the average. Interesting. So if professional active managers struggle with this, I would imagine everyday investors are going to struggle even more potentially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that individuals probably have at least a good a chance of outperforming the market as professionals do. But the key is you have to play your game. You can't try to beat the professionals at their game. And the simplest way to think about it is why would you even want to try? I mean you're, you would be playing a game that at least half the players lose. So there's not <laughs> there's not, not there's not much there's I mean in, in professional sports one half of the players lose. Right. But in professional money management over half the players lose. There's a distinction though. It's not really the players who lose, it's their clients who lose. This is true. And so, it's not pretty. So I think individual investors can do better, but only if they play a different game. They have to play by their own rules. And the single biggest advantage an individual investor has in today's financial markets is that you don't have to be judged by your short-term results, your monthly or quarterly or daily results. You can be judged by your progress to toward your own goals as you define them. And in theory and in practice for a lot of people, that can give you the ability to have an enormously long time horizon, be very patient in an investing world where most professionals can't afford to do it. That's a great point. Jason, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'd love to hear more of your tips for investors. Rapid expansion? We're ready. Worker shortage? We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. What's the future of space and the law? Companies like Elon Musk's SpaceX. High-tech guns. This is about choice in types of gun offered for sale. Brain implants. They didn't know how effective this was going to be. Urban farming. But what about a building that's 30 stories tall? And the mass production of meat. Now these cells came from a duck. The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with The Wall Street Journal's Jason Zweig, who's dispelling some myths about stock picking and giving investors some advice. So, Jason, if we know stock picking is a losing game, 
What do we investors who are average folks do? Is it all passive sort of index funds focus on that or what? Well, I think there's a couple approaches you can take. Um, You certainly could index your entire portfolio simply buying the broadest possible index funds at the lowest possible cost. And if you did that and nothing but that, uh, you wouldn't have to sort of pay constant obsessive attention to what the markets are doing. Uh, You wouldn't have to worry about underperforming. Of course, you couldn't outperform either. You'd be giving that up. Another approach you could take, which I also wrote about this week, is you could put virtually all but not entirely all of your portfolio in index funds. And then with a tiny bit of money remaining, maybe 1% to 5% of your stock money at the very most, you could buy one stock that you feel you understand extraordinarily well or differently from the professional consensus. Buy it and just hold it um, in, uh, you know, for a period maybe indefinitely. Look, Amazon is up 49,000% in, <laughs> in 20 years, Amazing. and it's almost certain that no professional and outside investor has held it continuously for that time except maybe a venture capitalist or two here and there. Um, everybody else bailed out when it went down 95%. Um, if you have the guts to withstand that kind of thing and the capital to survive it, um, an individual is in a better position to make that kind of bet than a professional. Well, hopefully some of our listeners out there have held Amazon all this while and have cashed in. Really quickly, if we're worried about a bear market, things seem too good to be true for some people. Any tips for us? Well, there's the single most important lesson I think that history shows if you go back and look at all the really severe bear markets that the stock markets have produced is, first of all, they – can go deeper and last longer than almost anybody expects. I, I, I'm amazed that, that today, just in 2017, only eight or nine years after the last after the financial crisis, you can still surprise people when you tell them that stocks went down over 50 percent between late 2007 mm. and early 2009. People don't remember that anymore. You lost over half your money. In a year and a half. Oh, you could forget that. And it's really important to remember that. The second thing is when they end, they don't end with a whimper. They end with a bang. Yep. I mean, the market just takes off and, and goes straight up. So the single most important thing I think you can do is to um, try to save up some cash because that will keep your portfolio from going down worse. And um, if you have the guts – uh, in the depths of the bull, of the bear market, you can continue to put some of that cash to work, and that will that's like rocket fuel when the market takes back off again. Indeed, great tips as always. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Veronica. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcast at dowjones dot com. This has been watching your wealth a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stand by for a new podcast experience. The Future of Everything podcast from the Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th.
This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ.